0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode five hundred and sixty-three,
1: with Harlan Scott. He's back. You're, we're trying to make a first impression. We're trying to woo this employee. Yes, they work for us, but we want them to come into work uh, believing that they're part of something big, that they're making a difference. And I and I hate to reference, you know, millennials want this, and and Gen Xers want this, but you hear it all the time. Millennials want to know the why. They want to know. Um, that they're doing something that has purpose. They want to feel that they're making an impact on this world.
0: Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become Unstoppable. (laughs) Introducing Ethics Suite, the first and only misconduct, theft, and fraud reporting platform exclusively for the restaurant industry. Check out restaurantethics.com to see how restaurant employees can report any concerns anonymously, easily, and securely from any device with internet connection. However, if you're an owner or manager, you should check out ethics suite.com slash restaurant unstoppable for more information on how you can monitor and respond to these reports and stay informed about issues that could affect your business and your reputation. One more time, that's ethics com slash restaurants unstoppable. Cash flow—it's something every small business is worried about, and it's hard to know at any given moment how you're doing. And worse, it's virtually impossible to predict the future. Until now, welcome to CashflowTool.com—the ultimate companion for any small business using QuickBooks. CashflowTool.com gives you instant visibility on any device, anywhere, of your cash flow, and it also alerts for unexpected expenses. On top of all this, it analyzes your past finances and projects how much money your company will have tomorrow, next week, and next month. Go. Go to www.cashflowtool.com slash unstoppable and enter promotional code unstoppable at checkout and receive pro features at the essential features price. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest back on the show for a second time, Harlan Scott. My man Harlan, are you feeling unstoppable today? I'm feeling it. This is a little better than the first time around, right? When <laughs> a we recorded bit. remotely and I'm I'm here sitting across from you, we got the mics, we're in your restaurant. There's no Roomba or cat in the background. Right. <laughs> yeah, man, this is what it's all about. This is why I love being on the road. It's such a better connection. So, if you guys have not uh, heard of Harlan Scott. If you did not catch his episode, he was episode five four four not too long ago. Head over to restaurant dot com slash five four four to get caught up to find out more about Harlan's backstory and how he got to where he is today. Today we're here to do a deep dive on systems around onboarding and I should mention, um, since if this is your first time hearing Harlan's voice, Harlan Scott is the founder of Harlan Scott hospitality where he helps people make their dreams profitable and scalable simultaneously improving quality of life for the owner and the employees. So this guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, The conversation went so well the first time I said, Harlan, like I want to get you back on the show for a second time uh, to dive deeper into systems and uh, processes procedures. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the onboarding process, right? Uh, so before we dive into the topic of the day, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us, Arlen?
1: Well, I think this ties into what I was talking about last time with transparency. But give your employees the why. Make them understand not just that they need to do this, but why they need to do it. From there comes empathy. And then they're motivated just because they love you and they understand you. So just give them a little bit more.
0: Let's dive in a little deeper. Why is it so important that they know
1: the why? You said Empathy ties into it why is it so important really break that down for us well i mean obviously they have incentive to do their job because they don't want really to get fired um and if that's the only reason they're doing their job they're going to perform at a level seven uh, but if they understand that i'm doing this because here's the owner's dream here is the end game of why i have to take a left around this corner every time i go through the dining room as opposed to harlan just said so uh you get so much more out of people and you get them thinking like an owner
0: Yes, absolutely. And this is a really great segue, uh, like we discussed in the pre-interview chat, to today's conversation, um, systems around onboarding, because the whole reason why we have these systems, right, mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier, is because it's it gives them the why mm-hmm. of the restaurant. Yeah. Right? So really why are – we know the, the importance of systems, processes, procedures, mm-hmm. but you mentioned uh, before that – you don't see it often when
1: you're working yeah. with your clients. So dive into why you think this is something we need to talk about today. Yeah, and and you know what I'm saying applies to you know any small business. Um, we all kind of have similar struggles, but um, too many people open their small business and they're thinking small. You know, and it revolves around their cult of personality and uh, the training and the culture become is is learned by obs- osmosis, which is real common because the owner's still there on the line in the kitchen or or working the front of the house. Um, and so the staff basically just kind of feed off that culture and that just isn't enough. You know, once you, once you get rocking and rolling and you to start taking two days off a week, I mean, two days off a week in the restaurant, a lot of owners are like, oh, that doesn't, that's not how I roll, but that's how we all need to get, you know? Yeah. And, and once you get to that point, you know, your culture and, and, and your, and your standards start to kind of collapse, um, every moment you're not there. And so from the moment you open the restaurant, um, you know, Making sure that the the first impression your employees get is something on paper, something tangible, uh, that you're beating them over the heads with from day one. This is our this is our this is our why. You know this is this is our culture, Um, and you know these are our goals, Um, and that all happens in onboarding. And um, I think too much onboarding, too much training, is left up to the, um, you know, the idiosyncrasies of whatever staff member happens to be training that new employee that day, and you're putting it all in the hands of you know your your most veteran server or your uh you know whatever manager's working that day and and that's not that's that's not caring enough about your million dollar business you need to you need to you need to put more of you on paper uh during that onboarding process
0: yeah um so really break down what that onboarding process looks <laughs> like
1: when done right okay well um you know we we had some you know bullet points want to talk to I'm actually going to skip from the training manual and talk about uh, you know the onboarding technology. Um, most of us, so we're we're all here in the restaurant business. A lot of our employees are um, are young. Yeah. You know, I just opened a restaurant where my average age. I have forty employees. Most of them are about twenty one years old. You know, what impressed me fifteen years ago when I get hired is going to feel dated and stupid to them. They're not going to want a Manila folder with uh, thirty documents in it um, and really lengthy you know explanations on corporate policy and procedures um when i hire my staff i say hey you're about to get an email link and you're going to do everything yourself and um you know that immediately makes them think even though we're you know we 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 call ourselves a mom and pop cuz we just open a lot of us are a lot of us listening uh put ourselves in that category but when you're 22 years old and it's your second first job and you get hired and you're going online and you're looking at you know videos and digital collateral and, and, and tests that you take online, you're you're walking into your first day of work going, man, I work for a serious business. Maybe I should be serious, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to uh, so many people I, I've consulted with or, or colleagues of mine who their onboarding consists of a loose leaf W-9, excuse me, a W-4, an I-9, and a policy about washing your hands and not sexually harassing yeah, This then, is the
0: stuff we have to do because yeah. the regulations tell us. Yeah. And that's where we're gonna draw yeah. the line. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: when you shoot them this email link, like mm-hmm. where does that link take them? And don't so, be afraid to get right up on that mic. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean there's a I mean, there's so many um, you know, HR software out there, software out there just for restaurants. You know, I'm currently using bamboo. But, I mean, there's Restaurant365, there's RSI. These are just ones that are more big deal locally. But just Google it. I mean, the ones that your big companies are using that you like, oh, I'm never going to be like uh, Amazon. I'm never going to be um, even Darden or a major restaurant group. Yeah, no, start thinking like them because those things are out there and they're affordable. And you should take – if you if you currently have a training system, if you have a great training manual you're proud of, I mean, that, to me, that's my Bible. That's the thing that I show to all my clients. Look at this training manual that I can write. Uh, you know put that online, put that inside of um, you know, a portal that your employees can go to that you can constantly edit that you can watch their training process. So when the people click on the link that you send a new hire, mm-hmm. uh, it brings them to what platform? It brings, them, it brings them to whatever HR platform that I'm using. You're using bamboo. I'm, I'm using bamboo, um, bamboo and that works for me. Um, but and they go and they have to upload their ID. They have to upload their social Security, their, their food handlers. They're in, in Texas, we have our TBC license for serving alcohol, uh, they go in there and they put in what they want their withholdings to be. They sign up for direct deposit. Mm-hmm. You know, Direct deposit, I mean, that's a, that's a touchy subject in my business. A lot of people don't want to do it because they think that it costs more money or they lose control of their, 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 their cash flow. Um, direct deposit is one of those things that immediately tells a customer, you're a big deal. You're a, you're a real company. Oh, they have direct deposit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like a quality of life ad, but it's, it's similar to having health insurance. So if you're writing paychecks every Friday and making your employees come up to go get their checks, uh, you're you're at a disadvantage to your competition. But I but I digress. Um, letting them go in there and be master of their own employee portal, put in all their information, put in a little about themselves, uh, upload a picture of themselves, um, being able to as as a manager, and I can go into that portal. I can see when everybody got hired. I know their anniversary date. I know you know when they're due for a new raise. I know what they're Last time they've been written up, or last time they've been rewarded, you know, having uh, that dashboard to run my company as opposed to a file cabinet and even some stuff on a a desktop in the back office computer that's sharing the POS software. (laughs) That's that's what I usually see, Um, and you know, just starting things off already acting like you're a multi-million dollar company, yeah, and giving that impression to the employee.
0: You don't even have to go with the bamboos of the world, the Mm -hmm. gussos of the world, the yeah, the Augusto. wise tales of the Augusto. world, like they're out there. Gusto is a great company too. They're sponsoring the podcast. Like, yeah, the, I've the, used Gusto comp- twice. Before. They all exist. But if, if that's still outside of your reach, if you're still so lean, or if it's only you and like three other people, but you still want to add structure, mm-hmm. get all the, the 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 structure onto a free resource like Google Docs. Yeah, right. You can you can you can create the system that mm-hmm. these. Companies have created. You won't do it as good as these companies, but there's there are things. So even if it's Dropbox, an email that's you know, going to like yeah, like a a, a Google Doc that mm-hmm. has links to all yeah. the other docs that you need to go through the training, like and create the checklist yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, just add some type of structure, create some kind of process. It doesn't have
1: to be the best right away. It just has to be something. Right? Yeah, and you know you talked you know, Google Docs or whether it be Dropboxes, make sure it is living and breathing. You know, too many companies have. All their key data, again, on that back office computer yeah. that only one person can access when they're at work. Um, having a living, breathing document where you can constantly update your culture, update your SOPs so that it's instantly out there to all your staff. Um, it gives you huge peace of mind, you know? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to pivot, you know, I've just opened my restaurant three months ago, and we're, we're changing SOPs daily, yep. you know? How is that information, um, you know, filtering to everybody? Well, everything we have is shared. You know, and we're using Dropbox, but you know, Google Drive, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, you don't need to invest in expensive uh, onboarding software. It's actually not that expensive. But uh, if you're bootstrapping things, yeah. maybe that isn't the route you want to go.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is that it just gets written down someplace, even if that mm-hmm. is.
1: In a binder, originally. Yeah, yeah and, and let's talk about it. what we're writing down. Yeah. That's, a, that's kind of what we segue into.
0: Yeah, let's, let's segue into uh, the first thing you game that you want to talk about, which is training manuals. Yeah. So yeah.
1: What sh- just take it from there. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite things to do, even even at an ownership level when I hire an employee, is I still try and do the hour and a half orientation with them. It's my one chance for the rest of their career with my company to connect one-on-one on a human level with my line-level employee. Uh, but let's say I can't be there. Uh, you know what am I going to put in that manual um, that uh, you know again will will be seared in their brain f- for their first day of work. Um, again, it's all, you're, we're trying to make a first impression. We're trying to woo this employee. Yes, they work for us, but we want them to come into work uh, believing that they're part of something big, that they're making a difference. And I and I hate to reference you know millennials want this and and Gen Xers want this, but you hear it all the time. Millennials want to know the why. They want to know. Um, that they're doing something that has purpose. They want to feel that they're making an impact on this world more so than they even care about necessarily money. They've already been told that they're not going to make any money in their lives. (laughs) And and I mean, I'm joking, but I mean, the thing is what's really driving them is they want to be a part of something um, meaningful. And so putting your culture and your why on paper, your, your history, tell them your life story It's one chance for them to read it, you know? So give them three pages about who you are and what you're doing. Uh, tell them, you know, um, you know, anecdotes that, that tell them that help them fully understand the person that they're working for. Um, because you are going to get big as, as you grow and you are going to become the man, you're going to become the man that they barely know, that um, that they start having resentment towards because they don't know your story, so that training manual is your chance to put your soul on paper, um, and have them have. It's, it's basically it's a it's a pepper alley pepper rally on paper, and 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 it, having them come out of that training with motivation and empathy towards your calls. Um, it's your one shot. It's your one shot to do it. Yeah. Um, so I put a lot of that in there, and then um, so
0: the. The training manual sounds like the first thing that you want to address in the training ma- manual. The why, the purpose, the impact. The this culture. kind of sounds like yeah, the core values, mm-hmm. the vision, the mission, or whatever you want to call it, your purpose statement, or whatever yeah. you want to call. It. Is that safe to say? Is that what yeah. this section is? Yeah. So each like how many sections should? What it, kind of chapter should we? You be know, if
1: at? It, and again, I mean, my, this is what works for me. I've 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 uh, scaled this up and scaled it back depending on the size of the operation. I I've never done less than four training shifts for for. Uh, and so, therefore, four chapters uh, for a full-service restaurant—you know, something like seven. The way I like to break mine down—that's worked really well for me—is uh, you know, because a lot of owners right, try to emphasize memorization of ingredients and things like that, and it's almost pointless. They're not going to remember it beyond taking their first test. It's going to take them six months before they become experts on memorizing what you got. Um, if I—if my first chapter is the orientation pep rally, the kumbaya, let's get excited. The next, the next. Two chapters are solely about service and systems. Um, you know h- how to properly talk to guests. Um, how to um, how to how to properly um, handle um, ta- you know step by step table service situations. Your counter service, the sales process. You know breaking that down. Um, and each each of these chapters, going to be supplemented with tests that we will get into in a minute. But the first two are just about the fundamentals of operating in the restaurant. Then you can do a couple chapters on, on the menu, whether it be food and beverage, um, and maybe three. The third one, I always do wine and alcohol last because no one's going to be a sommelier after seven shifts. But um, spending the first two chapters not on memorizing the food or standing in the window for three hours, seeing what's going out, but actually understanding um, this, is, this is the direction you walk in the dining room. This is, um, this is how we hand food to a guest with our right hand. This is how we t- clear it you know, with our left or whatever it may be. Um, that that's usually how I break it down. But each of the but what what's important about the training manual is the training process that goes with it, which I know is the next bullet point uh, that we wanted to cover. Uh, this training manual is useless if there is not um, somebody um, holding that new hire accountable to what they read in that chapter. And so when I give them this training manual, let's say it's seven chapters. I say, look, you're going to come in each training shift, and uh, the material in chapter two, you're going to be you're going to be quizzed over before you come in. If you don't know the information, you're going to go home. It's not because I'm mean; it's because it costs me a lot to train you, yeah. and I want to make sure you have the fundamentals before I start talking. You know, granularly about you know uh, you know the different sauces we have. Um, so they come in, they take a test, and this is where I think a lot of organizations um, kind of phone it in or or uh, kind of miss the mark. Is they the training usually consists of the employee just shadowing. Just shadowing their most senior server. There's really no parameters as to what they're shadowing. They're just gonna like see a lot of food, follow them around, and essentially act as their glorified back waiter. Uh, they're gonna learn all that employee's bad habits. They're gonna learn that employee's interpretation of your culture, not the actual culture coming from your mouth. Um, so what I try and do is is um, after you take that test, my trainer, whoever my senior staff member is training, has a checklist. It's like 15 to 20 items. Literally says, explain to them exactly. Where we find sanitizer solution. Explain to them exactly um, what we say to a guest when their credit card is declined. What happens when somebody uh, tells us that uh, our chicken is undercooked, which we get a lot at my restaurant because we use chicken thigh and it's a dark meat, and then we have to explain to people. I have that as an item that, the, you know, a very specific thing that my trainee has to have explained to them. And then they have to initial that, hey, I learned this. So the point of all this is every employee comes out of training usually more proficient in my culture and systems than my actual staff that work there. I want them... To, it's fresh. It's fresh, <laughs> yeah. and they think it's the law. If yeah. I tell them that before we greet every table we have to do three jumping jacks, well, that sounds crazy, but if you read it in the manual and your trainer reinforces it, we're like, crap, i got to do jumping jacks every time <laughs> I greet. And in, 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 in that... Um, that's that's what I love. A lot of times when I take over a new operation or consult, you know, my best employees are the ones that I bring in after the fact. Isn't that always the case? Mm-hmm. But you know, they're coming in, they're thinking that this is law. It's a lot weirder to try and you know, th- three months in, say, hey, you know, this is kind of how we do things now. Um, they don't know any better. This is their first impression to the business, and everything you tell them, they're just they're drinking through a fire hose and they're absorbing as much as they can. You know. That's your one chance, you know, and so I put it on paper seven training shifts or five or whatever five detailed tests and checklists to go with each one of them that are 20 points long. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but you only have to do it once. So just to summarize
0: the the key parts of the training manual that I've. I'm trying to keep up with you as you're going, and I'm sure. adding some structure to this. Uh, the very first thing, the why, the purpose, the impact, values, vision, mission, that's the first the section. The the fun stuff. Yeah, the, 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 the foundation right, mm-hmm. of who we are and why we exist, mm-hmm. the most basic things you need to know. Mm-hmm. The second part needs to be the how-tos, or in other words, the standards. This mm-hmm. is the standards through Thank which yes. we operate, right? And those are the the things like how to talk to the guests, the direction to walk, where Mm -hmm. things go, where everything belongs. This Mm -hmm. is how we do things. And the third thing I'm getting is the training process to teach all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So this is the, this is the third section. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it really matters what order it comes in. Maybe it does probably have Mm -hmm. a little bit of a influence in the order. Uh, and then we also mentioned menu section, the wine section and, uh, that's all I have. You so know, Am I, so, I missing
1: anything? Yeah, and I'll and I'll and uh, I'll I'll tie it in a bow a little for you. Better, and we can we can go back and delete that last part if it, <laughs> if, it, if, it if it's not as cohesive. No, if you it's like. good. It's good. But uh yes, in you know the the first the first chapter, if you will, is again the the why. You know, mm-hmm. telling them the story, the history, giving them keeping them motivated. It's the pep rally, right? The the next chapter or two, the next section, however long you want to make it, is 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 the procedures, the SOPs for how we uh you know handle service. How we handle maybe you're in the back of the house, you know, uh, how we what our food standards are, you know, uh, basically best practices, right? Best practices, and then after that, it's, it's memorization of the key uh, components to our product. So whether it be if you're a, a wine-focused restaurant, or if you're, you don't have wine at all, or if your big thing is you're a counter-service restaurant, it's all about selling. You know, the chapters on uh, memorizing um, the product all about understanding the product. Mm-hmm. But I always do that last, okay? Cuz I don't care if you're an expert and you can memorize all 15 of our sauces if you don't know how to say yes ma'am, yes sir. I don't want you in front of the guests. So I always yeah. I always do the systems procedures first, the memorization last because the memorization they're going to forget anyway. Mm-hmm. They're go- that's going to take months, right? Yeah. And so that's how I do it. And then each of those chapters are reinforced with a training shift that goes with it. And that training shift again, it is not uh, just shadowing somebody it is it is a checklist um, and at the very end of every training shift, I have my my trainer write an evaluation on that trainee and when the trainee comes in for their next shift, the trainer has to read the previous trainer 's evaluation so they know where the blind spots are hey we didn 't get to spend much time on the POS system they barely know it this person isn 't comfortable carrying trays this person uh, their knife skills suck and that way they know to focus on that and the best part little thing I do at the very end of all my training is the trainee is given an exit interview and they have to write an evaluation on their training process. They grade each of their trainers and they grade the training program itself. And you learn really quickly who you want training your staff and who, excuse me, gives a shit. Yeah. Um, and then also you learn to kind of amend your training manual. Man, I should have done a lot more time on oysters in my training manual. I'm realizing that from talking to my staff. Yep. So um, the, the the training manual is a living, breathing document. You know, It starts off as 60 pages. That may take you know a month for you to write but then it's there forever, mm-hmm. and then it may become fifty-eight or fifty-nine or sixty-two pages as you amend it. Um, but yeah, so uh, I got a couple questions.
0: The first question: uh, What are some of the how-to, the standards, the things, the the subtitles or the, or the subtitles, but the. The, the sections with, within the chapter of the standards. Mm-hmm. So like, w- what should we have uh, sections dedicated for? Like, for example, uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a section we probably want to create. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, hygiene is mm-hmm. probably a section we want to create. Yep. So what are some of the other sections under standards that we should be thinking about that you can just drop on us right now well, to get the creative process going?
1: It, and again, like, I'm running a really, I just opened a really casual restaurant, right? But I am teaching my staff a section we have is proper speech, how to talk to guests. There's a way to say no. There's a way to say we are out of. There's a way to say, um, you know, I'm sorry, you know, you can't sit there. You yeah. know, or uh, your party's incomplete. You know, why can I not sit, sit you at this table? You know, teaching them how to properly speak to guests. Um, and I always tell my staff, I mean, these words may sound overly formal, but this is how I bump into people at a grocery store. This is the way I speak now. And it sounds perfectly normal. You know, mm-hmm. saying pardon me, not excuse me. Uh, you know, saying may I instead of can I. Um, teaching them, that's a whole section, and they're quizzed over it. What would you say at an average place? What do you say at our place? And fill in the blanks. Um, and obviously, you know, then, then the steps of service. Um, you know, waiting tables, you know, for dummies, however you want to structure that. The way I organize mine is into the uh, to the welcome, to the sell, to the maintenance, and to the goodbye. And, and, and I, I break that into different categories, and I, I talk about, um, you know, how we, uh, the process of greeting a table and what our goals are and what we're trying to get out of that customer and how we're trying to make that customer feel. And then, um, you know, understanding um, table maintenance. You know, the fine dining service steps, uh, I know they don't seem to make sense out of Chili's, but they're so easy to practice. Yeah. Open-bodied service. I hammer home to my staff. Like, why can you not always give someone open body service, even if you're at a fast food restaurant? How to make guests feel loved. What is open body service, just in case? It's real simple. I mean, whenever you are reaching to a guest table for anything, to clear a glass, to remove a, uh, to, to hand off a glass or a plate, or even to just pre-bus, you're always facing the guest. You're hugging the guest and looking towards them. And as opposed to putting this, um, your elbow coming in at mm-hmm. the other angle, um, and not facing them. Because when you, when, you when you don't give them open-bodied service, you're basically approaching the table saying, I have other more important things to do. I cannot wait to walk away from you. Yeah. Whereas when you're giving them open-bodied service, you have an opportunity to look them in the eye. Um, and tell them you care. And no one says, man, I got open-bodied service at that restaurant. I can't wait to go back. It's, it's this holistic. It's, a, it's, it's the human uh, nature. It's
0: the mm-hmm. low road of communication. Yeah. The things that we don't even recognize yeah. are happening. The things that are embedded in our DNA on how to communicate with your body Subtly, right?
1: Yeah, it, or you know, for example, if you have a table of four and they're in a booth, making sure that you hand off food to the people furthest away first, so that you're not reaching over, over somebody's yeah. spaghetti. You yeah. know, and these, this stuff isn't common sense. This and isn't we common have to sense. Remember that, you know, we, these things need to be taught. There's subtle things as a customer that you yeah. experience. You're like, oh, that that restaurant felt really fine dining. You don't know that they're following a playbook. Mm-hmm. So I, I've created that playbook, and there's a test question. You know, I, what is open yeah. body service? If you don't know, you can't work here. And there's a bunch of like little things
0: too, and maybe that's a conversation for another day. Like when you're serving a table like what's the anchor point in that restaurant like how do you know where mm-hmm. to put the first plate like where is number 1 at that table and you need to like, establish an anchor point it's the mm-hmm. front door like that's you know, another one where, it's the floor plan they got to memorize a floor plan they exactly. got to memorize, yeah, gotta memorize your- little things that you, you got to put in there and that all goes into the how to's the standards mm-hmm. and maybe um, when i publish this episode mm-hmm. i'll create like a facebook message uh, and you guys can comment on the the different topics, the different standards that you have in your manual. If you're listening to this, that's something. That yeah,
1: we I should have. I mean, should have pulled mine up. I mean, there's honestly.
0: a ton. There's a yeah. ton. I mean, there's every restaurant's different. And that's the other thing. So no two restaurants are going to be exactly the same. And, and I
1: standards. do have you know a little advice on you know when you get to that section of your product, right? Yeah. Um. There's two kinds of restaurants. I mean, there's many kinds, but if we want to break them and make it binary here, there's restaurants where, um. Memorization of product is, is paramount because on the menu, it just says peach and drill. <laughs> yeah. Blanc, and you don't even like there's, well, yeah. yeah, you got to elaborate, right? Yep. And the customer's coming in for this, uh, show me experience. And there's other restaurants where all the ingredients for the most part are listed, right? And speed and time is of the essence. And the way I, the way I write training manuals differently for those two operations is, you know, with, with a more fine dining, elaborate, uh, product, Uh, type restaurant, what I'm doing is I'm creating a matrix. Every menu item, how it's prepared, what the allergies are. Just picture like an Excel table. You got your item. You got what the allergies are. You got um, details on the ingredient you don't understand. Okay, you know, what is... what is. I'm drawing a blank here but uh, you know a, cer- a certain sauce that maybe you know what's a roux okay I'm going to elaborate on that because the s- staff member needs to know because the customer may ask um, with a restaurant more like mine that's more speed and counter service where the ingredients or just say a sports bar okay where the ingredients are for the most part listed right um, it's all there for the customer what I, what I the way I structure the menu training is the three parts for each section what the guests need to know about the menu what they're going to ask um, and how you can upsell it. So you know, let's say let's say it's uh, wings. All right, what the guest needs to know is that we brine our wings in house, that we have six different flavors, and so forth. What are the guests going to ask? Can I get different um, three different sauces with six wings? Um, can I get this dressing? And then um, you know, what upsells can we do to that? And that's how I break down each section because the, the, the bones of the menu are already there for everyone to know. Gotcha. So now it's just about how to be more effective. And confident talking about it
0: got gotcha. you thank you for getting into detail for with that for us uh a couple other questions i had uh you mentioned amendments earlier what's the process or what's the procedure for making amendments look like we need we should probably create a, a, a procedure for making changes mm-hmm. and where does that where in the process does that come like mm-hmm. take us through that road. you mean like to the manual so we, so we make a manual right it's not going to stay the same especially in the early days we have an idea of what because what like what you said earlier, we should treat day one like we're a big company, which means we're going to have an idea of what that process is going to look like. We're going to create our systems, and we're going to pull the trigger and mm-hmm. see how it goes. Yeah. You know real fast that in the first week, what you thought was going to be the best solution might not be the best solution. Right. You've got to make changes. So what's that process of amending your operation manual yeah. look like? Should we create a system for doing that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a process uh, that... I you, you touch on something that I, I do want to talk about and that is you know once you, they've been onboarded how to best communicate with your staff um, you, there's a pendulum that swings for all of us I think where we, we over communicate for a while and then we realize that no one's listening to us and we back off mm-hmm. um, and I'm doing my hands back and forth here and um, I have my manual. I don't generally update my manual until I hire a new person. So I've opened two months ago. I haven't had a single staff member quit. Props to me. and clapping. Way to go. Yeah, That's Zero awesome. turnover. And I totally attest that to culture. They're drinking Kool-Aid hard right now. Um, but I have notes of, of things that I'm going to have to put into the new manual. But as something major changes with policy, they've all been trained to turn right here, and now they're going to turn left. Yeah. Uh, my best way of communicating to staff, if it's not super urgent, is once a week, Send them points of the week. Send them out in whatever their scheduling software is. Send it out in an email with an attachment. Post it in three different places in the restaurant. And I tell them that they are responsible for knowing these points of the week when they come into work. If they don't know them, they are in violation of our company policies. They do not have the tools to do their job. They cannot work here. So if I change a policy that all of a sudden we're going to do four jumping jacks at the table instead of two... They all know and they're getting this in one cohesive singular communication channel at a consistent time every week. And that's, that's key because a lot of owners, they, they love these new softwares where they can just constantly rapid fire measure. And yeah, yeah they're like, Hey, stop, stop putting the bus tubs in this corner. And it's like Friday night, you're not even working and you're getting a message from the owner. Yeah. And you start to drown them out. And, um, and then there's other owners that don't communicate at all. And they write out on a scratch paper on the office door and only tell the five people they're working with. And yep. I see both all the time. Tell everybody else. Yeah, so right. when I'm amending things, I, I have a formal way that they know that this is policy. Points of the week are always policy. You can call them pre-shift notes. You can call them you know, your weekly roundup or whatever you want to do. Um, that's, that's my way of, of getting amendments to the staff um, all at once. And then when it's time to do a manual... I just update them that's that's my favorite thing as an owner is is taking my manual and, and, and editing it because you're editing your soul this is your the peace of mind you get forget the training you forget all the, the the ways it's good for the restaurant think about you as the owner your peace of mind you have this you have your narrative I am Harlan Scott this is what I'm about this is what my goals are an opportunity to write a little book about yourself. And it's there forever, you know. If you're passionate about open-bodied service, you know, put it on paper. If you're yeah. passionate about upselling, it's there. It's there for the world. It's for there for posterity, and you can always add to that. Um, but invest early in making that a robust package.
0: So the big things I'm getting from as far as the the process for creating amendments uh, first launch a message to the team on a day that you choose to la- launch a message every right? Wednesday
1: they get points of the week from yep.
0: every Wednesday make sure that the message is there so make uh, then the other thing too if you have a weekly meeting right and make sure it gets covered in the meeting and then did I miss anything else as well, far as no
1: and I mean in some places have pre-shifts Yeah. you know a formal restaurant will have a pre-shift every every shift we're talking about the special Yeah. you know we're not like that um, and a lot of places Will have staggered in times The more casual So those communication channels Are even more important okay. Cannot rely on those Daily or weekly In-person meetings um, Always Yeah so. But
0: I think ultimately too You're going to be uh passing the torch if you will to a gm or a, mm-hmm. a new partner or whatever mm-hmm. and they're going to need the systems and the framework to make these changes too right mm-hmm. so like eventually like you need to think about these these amendments and how giving the people the tools to make changes yeah. right uh, the other thing i want to bring up real quick was the recurrent training Mm -hmm. Um, you said that your new hires sometimes know the rules better than your employees that have been with you for six months yeah Um, what about recurrent training is there a a section for recurrent training where you you make your team go through all the training again to Mm -hmm. stay up to keep keep the standards high
1: I think um, and I think most owners probably do something similar and I'm not saying that this is the best practice but I think uh, you know twice annual or however you want to do them you know kind of state of the union addresses where you get your staff together you either close the restaurant early um, and sometimes a lot of times you may use your staff party for this your your holiday party and you have a little section where we we go over the new goals for you know 2019 Um, I also with my front of the house particularly love to you know as much as these vendors want to come in and do trainings on their products if we're going to have that like the last Friday of every month use that opportunity to also kind of you know get up on my pedestal and tell them hey here's here's new things happening yeah. um, or even the pre-meal yeah right the pre-meal yeah. uh, don't be afraid to s- create like a two minute section
0: in your pre-meal mm-hmm. where you just randomly point to people and ask what the standards are yeah and that forces people to like I better brush up on this stuff because I see what you're getting at I don't want to be the one who doesn't know the answer or just hearing it constantly in a group setting it it keeps that stuff top of mind right
1: you're right and and i uh i I didn't quite understand what you're asking until now and and that that is you know constant quizzing you know how many managers have used menu knowledge as a way to decide who they're cutting that shift yeah. you know all right, right like hey you know what what name our four cabernets and, and lightest the most full-bodied go yeah. and the person that gets it right gets to stay on the floor or maybe they all want to leave so the person that gets it right <laughs> it gets, gets it to leave on um. <laughs> um, but yes uh you, using pre-shift or pre-meal uh to to always say uh, a fun one is like all right harlan how do you how do you greet a table uh during happy hour let me hear your spiel um, and letting the other staff members kind of collaborate and and talk about their interpretation of this SOP. Uh, and that's always really fun. Like, yeah. all right, so so-and-so, this is how he talks to his tables. I like that little tidbit. Or as a manager, I'm listening, saying, hey, okay, don't ever do that again. Everybody, that isn't right. Um, so the constant communication during the shift uh, in the form of, of your meetings your points of the week posted on the wall, and you know, obviously on the job. All right, cool. Right.
0: Let's zoom to 30,000 feet again. Yeah. Uh, we got, we've covered the why, the purpose, the values, the, the, the beginning of the manual, the second part of the manual, which is the how-to's, the standards, the third part of the manual, which is the training processes, the training standards, uh, and then we also mentioned that you need to have a section for the, the standards for the food, the, 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 the alcohol, the wine, the drinks, mm-hmm. and uh, anything else that we need to mention before moving on to, uh, you also want to talk about risk management. Mm-hmm.
1: Are we good? I think we're good.
0: All right, cool. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, I have a question for you. How can an anonymous employee reporting program be a profit center for your restaurant? Hmm. Well, for starters, fraud alone represents a staggering loss to the restaurant industry with an estimated 40 billion in losses in the US in 2017 alone. And this does not include the losses and costs associated with the more than 540,000 calls made to the US EEOC in 2017 resulting in millions of dollars in penalties and legal costs for restaurant owners and investigators related to claims of harassment and discrimination. So do I have your attention? Good because there's more. Employee tip-offs about misconduct continue to be the most common method for detection and prevention, but employees are often deterred from reporting their concerns directly to supervisors because they're afraid that there's gonna be retaliation or they might lose their job or something, and I get it. But with Ethics Suites Anonymous and web-based restaurantethics.com, you can provide a safe, secure, simple, and anonymous communication channel between you and your employees to help protect your hard-earned reputation and assets. Go to ethicssuites.com Slash Restaurants Unstoppable, and you will get a three additional months. So for the cost of twelve months, you'll get fifteen months. Or head over to the show notes and find the banner, and you can use the link there. If you listen to Restaurant Unstoppable, I'm sure you've heard me say it before, but I'll say it again: there are two. Things that you need to let determine your growth. The first thing, that's people. The second thing, that's cash flow. And we've got you covered on the cash flow part of things because I'm working with cashflowtool.com, the ultimate cloud based solution for your business. Cashflowtool.com is simple, powerful, and predictive. It's simple because it requires no data entry. It's always up to date and it works on any device, anywhere. It's powerful because with its built in cash flow, calendar activity feed and anomaly detector you instantly know all aspects of your cash flow with no surprises and it's predictive because you know your cash flow today and you can anticipate it tomorrow head over to www.cashflowtool.com/unstoppable and enter promotional code unstoppable at checkout and you'll receive pro features at the essential features price All right, we're back, and it's kind of funny. We're just sitting here, and you can kind of hear the music going in the background now because they're going to be opening in like five minutes. And if you guys could hear the background noise while we're talking, that's because Harlan's team is here going through the opening checklist, getting everything squared away. And Harlan didn't even have to like lift a finger. Like everybody knew exactly what they needed to do. Nobody came over
1: to ask Harlan a question, and everything kind of just got done. Right? Uh, I, I unlocked the doors, and I'm gonna count the money eventually. But they've done everything else from dust to the weekly duties to watering the plants um, to having the restaurant spick and span and ready for customers to walk in. And I know that sounds like you know every restaurant's supposed to function that way, but a lot of times that only works because there's a manager kind of you know with a megaphone and, and and a big thing um that we're talking more about onboarding today but having your checklist that they have to initial the great thing about creating checklists is that they initial them and they didn't do it they're fired yeah they lied to you right so as a manager checklists are great because you don't even really need to check their work all you got to do is pick up a clipboard and see if all the initials are full yeah because then you know at that point if they didn't do what they initial, then that's grounds for termination, and so there's a, there's a, there's a pretty strong reinforcement there to make sure things get done, and it becomes really easy to manage the place if you know that there's that accountability. Awesome, great stuff. So the last bullet that you gave me, the the remaining
0: conversation is going to be around this topic of a uh, risk management. So mm-hmm. what do you mean by risk management?
1: Well, it's all the CYA stuff that's really really boring that um you know that w- we all have to. We all should put in our onboarding process. Um, you know the obvious stuff: the the sexual harassment, the alcohol and drug use, um, safety procedures. Now, most states, before you get hired, you're already going to have gone through food handling procedures, and there may even be like some places that mandate you know OSHA or safety training. But put that stuff in there. Put it in there once. You know, you can find resources resources online and templates for this. And and I I'm not a big fan of templates, but when it comes to the CYA. Get it on there. Get them to initial it to absolve yourself of all the things that could put you out of business with one single incident. What
0: does CYA stand for?
1: Cover your ass.
0: Okay. And <laughs> and I was like, that's a new acronym. Uh- <laughs> oh yeah, CYA. <laughs> maybe it's a, a Texas thing. <laughs> <You>
1: no, <know? laughs> no. I I um, I I feel like um, you know, maybe there's another acronym in, in other other places for it. But so real quick, just get.
0: Uh, granular, without getting into the, the detail with underneath each bullet, but what are the things we should
1: have under the risk management section? Like, what are the things you mentioned? Sexual harassment. Uh, yeah, em- employee fraternization policy. What's it going to be? Are staff allowed to date? If they do, do they disclose it? Or okay. they not allowed to date at all? Keep going as far yeah. as the, the uh, bullets. You know what? Uh, what is our policy on uh, you know discounts for food and alcohol? You know, again, if you're if you're giving discounts on alcohol, you need to be careful. You know, for your staff because you're encouraging consumption. Um, uh, hand washing procedures safety procedures non-slip shoes Um, inside that risk management you can also have things like your uniform standards and other boring stuff but these are things you want them to sign so that you can tell the law one day that you did explain to this person not to give a customer more than two drinks at a time without telling you're covering him. your ass yeah. covering your ass on every aspect so this-
0: if, if something does deviate mm-hmm. you can say I told them mm-hmm. and they agree that this is the the code of
1: conduct yeah and they break that code they're gone yeah in Texas also it's, it's what's called a right to work state a lot of states don't have this, um, but in Texas, you can fire somebody because you don't like people with red hair. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we you're don't saying we don't, that because I have a red. Yeah, beard. I just you're looking at a red beard <laughs> right now. Um, but you know, you can fire somebody for any reason you want in Texas, um, and you may have to pay higher unemployment taxes that year because uh, you have claims against you. But you can still legally do what you want. But by putting there just on one piece of paper, just so you know, I can fire you for any of these things, and that can include just being late to work once.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say uh I wouldn't phrase it that way. I wouldn't bring it up like that. Yeah. I mean that's not the reason why we're doing it. It's just a it's it's an added layer of protection, right? Yeah, I mean as as so, an owner Yeah. So you can keep that standard. So when things start to drift, you can then say, All right, like you're deviating from what we agreed on. Mm-hmm. You're breaking our contract essentially. Like mm-hmm. I you're, you're you're bringing down the rest of the team, right? You're, yeah. You're, you're the bad egg. Yeah. Uh, and you need to be gone and this lets me get rid of the people who don't want to do business like us. And I
1: literally tell my staff that as they're going through the CYA, I say, hey, I'm not, look, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to let you go because you're five minutes late to work and the first time that you have an incident with a customer, you're not going to lose your job. But these things are here um, because if, if we need a paper trail, you know, there it is. And... Um, this risk management only works as long as if you have some kind of communication channel nightly like a manager log if you're not using a time stamped software that you can put in information it's there in stone you know a lot of old school restaurants will do write ups right customer or employee gets written up for making a mistake and they have to sign it you have to sign it it goes in a file that's fine but honestly, if you have a manager log where you're like, I talked to so-and-so about the fact that he is not good with his tables and is showing to, up to work hungover, and you're docu- documenting that in the log, that's all you need. That's so this
0: a- is a key thing that you're bringing up right now. Not only is it, uh, do we need to have the risk management section where we spell all this stuff out, we need to track it. So, there's two ways you said we could track it. We could track it in the management log, manager log, when Mm -hmm. something happens. There's just a general log where all these things go. So you can go back and find it. Or if you want to be able to to pull on things quickly, you can create uh, an employee log where they have their
1: own. uh, Well, this is stuff that's They have have their own little file and folder. But let me just say this is a really short thing. Give me 20 seconds on this. If you're not spending $40 a month on, on management log software, I mean, you're crazy. And particularly as an owner, if you want to remove yourself and extract yourself from the day-to-day operations, you want something that you can wake up to every morning at 5 a.m., not when you wake up, but that's when the log goes out automatically. And it's documentation of everything that happened on that shift. And if you want to have your weekly meeting with all your management, well, what better fodder to go reach after than your week-long management log of all the stuff that happened? And you go back a year later, like, why were we so busy that Friday? Oh, there was a home football game. Or why were we dead Tuesday of last year as I'm forecasting? Oh, because it rained. And that's what your manager logs are for. And if you're not using that, you have, there's no way you can fully extract yourself from the business and, and, and you're going to own a job and not a business. So yeah. use that log. Use it to CYA. Use it for information um, that helps you manage from 10,000 feet as opposed to having to be president in the restaurant. Do it. And all your scheduling software has a log feature. It's an extra 20 bucks a month. Do it. Or I'll create one for you in Word, what I do for some of my employees. Yeah.
0: And if you're, again, if you're one of those super cheap dudes or gra- gals who just doesn't want to spend a dime, have a nightly email. Have a nightly email. Or, again, create a Google Doc where every day you can search by, like, you know, you can mm-hmm. jump to a certain date. Like, this happened on 1 11
1: 12. Or, you know, go back to that time. Like, you can do a, a page search. And they're great. The only problem with those is those things can be edited uh, post when they happen. Yeah. And therefore not legally. Uh, admissible when you are when you have a claim against you, whether gotcha. it be an unemployment claim or some employee coming back and saying, well, I wasn't given proper. Well, it's written here in the Google Doc thing. Well, how do I know you didn't edit that? Yeah. Um. So that's the only advantage with the software's versus using something um, a little more old. So cool.
0: any other uh, topics or subtopics underneath the risk management topic worth diving into before we, maybe we wrap up with some uh, recommendations regarding the technology that you know that's out there mm-hmm. that we can use to to do this to our best ability?
1: Well, when it comes to risk management, again, there's tons of templates out there, but you know, uh, it, I hope that the community, if you're listening, that you work in is as collaborative as mine, but most owners will just show you their risk management. Like, hey, here's my 40 pages of BS that I hate that I have to put in my stuff. You're welcome to copy it. And because it, it's, it, it's applicable to almost all restaurants. So it's not hard to get this stuff. No one's asking you to create... A page and a half of legalese about hand washing—it's already out there, you know. Yep. So just you know, put it in. Yep. Um, so don't don't so, o- don't over. Yeah, side
0: note: um, Good friends of Restaurant Unstoppable Restaurant Owner com has mm-hmm. templates for all this stuff. Yep. So yep. I, I feel like Restaurant Owner com. Even if you've gotten a ton of experience in the industry and you're opening a restaurant, and it's your first restaurant, <laughs> or it's your second or third restaurant, there's going to be something at restaurantowner.com that will make you better that you're not doing. No question. It's a great resource. It will make you challenge your st- your, your status quo, your standards. So uh, I will have a link to restaurantowner.com in the show notes of this episode. Uh, feel free to click on that that and try to get some of these standards implemented in your business. And use my link, please, because it's an affiliate link and that will help support the show. Uh, so anything else worth mentioning before we kind of maybe wrap up with some recommended technologies
1: like we were gonna uh, are going to do? Are we good? we good? You know, um, one thing, I'm just looking at my bullet points here that you want to incorporate even into your CYA, but definitely in your training manuals, and it's the first thing I talked about, is don't just say, this is what we do. Always add why you do it. Otherwise, it just isn't going to make sense, and they're not going to want to do it. They do it because they have to. So always spend a little time on the why without pontificating a paragraph about your history of... Open body service or whatever it may be, um, give them give them the why. It tells them you care, just like giving the customer the why. Mm-hmm. You know. So, again,
0: were there any um, tools that weren't mentioned, technologies that weren't mentioned that you want to bring up where people can go and start leveraging technology to do this better? Better.
1: I mean, we we talked about HR software. It's yeah. ubiquitous. There's hundreds out there. Uh, those also usually are your payroll software. They speak together, and and we're. There's a word, disruption, that's used a lot. It's particularly in technology, and that's what's happening. We're, we're a few years away from your POS, your scheduling, your reservation, your inventory, and your HR. All being a one, all platform. being one thing, and they're getting very, very close. And there's some products out there that are coming very, very close to doing that. There's a lot of products out there that they're not all on one platform, but they integrate. They integrate. So yep. it's getting to that point. I have um, two integrations. You know, I have my POS and I have my scheduling. They talk to each other. I have my HR, and my payroll. Those are four products. So what tools are you using? Do you mind sharing? I'm currently using Bamboo for HR. I'm using Tracks for payroll, which works with Bamboo. I'm using Toast for my POS, and I'm using Seven Shifts for my scheduling software which also has my manager log um, and I I got to give a shout out to some great ones out there like um, uh, RSI, Restaurant 365 um, these are these even they speak more for restaurants. Bamboo could work for a nail salon or a restaurant um, I'm just using it. Yeah. yeah
0: and I mentioned Gusto earlier. Gusto, past Gusto
1: I've used twice uh, as a payroll uh, and onboarding uh, platform for clients I've worked with so uh, absolutely yeah and I think another one that's worth, worth mentioning too is Hot Schedules oh uh, for sure and yeah. I've used them a lot
0: too yeah uh, just tons of all in one they're mm-hmm. really moving that all in one direction started as labor management software but they have training platforms now they have uh, a bunch of really cool stuff they're doing over there they, so, brought,
1: they brought cloud to the restaurant tour long before POS thought about it yeah. we were all still using legacy right. old school POS systems you had Hot Schedules that would communicate with that and um, yeah Hot Schedules set the bar beautiful uh i think
0: that's everything so uh again just thank you so much for coming on the show a second time uh very grateful to have you in my corner sharing your knowledge thank you so much how can we connect if we want to maybe dive in deeper ask you a few questions or maybe even hire you
1: (laughs) Uh, that's my website again it's my name uh and uh followed by hospitality so harlan scott hospitality there's a little alliteration in there (laughs) but it's it's a long one but um I believe this is going to be episode
0: five hundred and fifty. Sorry, 561 or 2. I'll confirm in the closing thoughts. I don't feel very special now. <laughs> I'll have the link in the show notes. So uh, a link of every tool recommended, a uh, summary of today's discussion, and links in, with how to connect mm-hmm. with Harlan. Harlan, again, thank you so much for coming sure. back on the show, man. There is no questioning, my friend. You are unstoppable. <laughs> Cheers. There you go. Another episode in the archives here at restaurant unstoppable. And I hope you guys enjoyed this deep dive into the conversation of creating systems around the onboarding process and really just developing the operations manual in general. Uh, some of the key components, your operation manual should have. And I want to start doing more content like this uh, really Pulling back the layers, really pulling back the layers and doing deep dives into specific conversations. So, if there's something that you want us to do a deep dive into, put it on my radar. Let me know about it, and I will get an expert on the show to really go deep into dissect these topics. And uh, also, I might as well announce it. I may have already announced it, to be completely honest. I don't know. It's hard for me to keep track of everything I've said, to be frank. But I I think it's safe to say at this point that I am going to be going to two episodes a week starting in the new year. A lot of feedback I've gotten from people is that uh, they just can't keep up with three episodes a week. I'm working too hard for you guys to keep up with me. So I'm going to dial it back. I'm going to go from three to two episodes a week, and the goal is to do one interview with a successful restaurateur and go deep into their story and how they got to where they are today, and then I want to do one episode a week where it's a deep dive into a subject that somebody who listens to the show asked me to go into, or a deep dive into something that I'm just really curious about, and I want to start using the podcast to be my platform to... Just explore and to learn. I'm not going to know the answers going into these interviews. The, the purpose of a lot of these interviews is going to be for me to learn and hopefully for you to learn too. So if you like that idea, uh, let me know. Let me know some of the topics you want to dive deep into. Oh yeah, and this is episode 560. I think I was. I said 562 during the interview. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 563 if you want to find a, a link to all the tools and resources. There were a lot of them that were mentioned in today's episode. Uh, head over to restaurantowner.com uh, because that is an incredible resource. And uh, they have templates for everything that we discussed today. It's a really great place to start if you're looking to open a restaurant. And please use my link in the show notes. I am an affiliate of restaurant owner.com and uh, I get a commission when you use my links at no extra expense to you. And I think you guys get like a one month free or 10 days free for a dollar. I can't remember exactly what the deal is, but it's a, it's in your favor to use my links and it does support the show. So again, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com 563 slash five I'll have a summary of today's discussion. Plus the links, all the tools and services and restaurant Owner dot com over there as well yeah when i post this also comment on some things you think we should have covered or some things that should have been added today's to today's conversation i'd be really interested to, to get those thoughts so check out uh instagram and facebook and try to find uh this post and leave your thoughts all right guys that's all for today thank you so much for sticking around this long i love you all and until next time peace out